Universe of Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And this week we're discussing... The New Warriors in Egyptia. Slash the Forever Yesterday arc. And you want to know what's confusing, Devin? What? So, this arc is called Forever Yesterday, but it's different than the actual Forever Yesterday universe. Which is the one with, like, Ruby Summers. Yeah, well, it's also different from the other title they keep giving it, which is Days of Present Past. Yeah, uh, the 90s, Devin, the 90s. I agree. Also, I'm not going to lie, when we were starting to read this issue, based off just everything we see of Egyptia and the Secret Wars arc, they look nothing alike. Oh, yeah, no, like, that one is old-school Egypt ruled by Moon Knight, who is a goddess. Yeah. Which I was really into. I was just like, oh, this isn't at all what I was expecting. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Though this world has appeared recently in uh, Web Warriors. Yeah, it did. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the new Warriors, uh, there's a pretty solid Journey into Misery episode, though it's not one of their more complete ones, because only the first three volumes have been recollected into trades, and so there are massive gaps. Like, Marla Unlimited only has the first issue of New Warriors on it. Yeah. But luckily, this is uh, taking place in issues 11 through 13, which are collected in the third volume of the New Warriors Classic series. And so we're going to quickly go through the team. Up first is Night Thrasher, Dwayne Taylor, who's essentially black Batman with a skateboard. His parents got killed. He's in charge of a major company. And he rides a skateboard. Uh, he ends up recruiting Vance Astrovic, who is Marvel Boy. But not the real Marvel Boy. He's not Bob the Uranian. No, but he does have telekinetic powers, and in the Guardians of the Galaxy future, he is Major Victory. Up next is Angelica Jones, Firestar, who is a mutant with microwave powers, who got super gaslit by Emma Frost, who blew up her pony. Uh, I'll link to the episode about that that Jane Miles did. And you know where else she's been, Devin? Well, she was originally introduced in the classic 80s TV show, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And we also saw her and Spider-Man have a little bit of a thing in the fantastic Multiversal Q episode of the Mary Jane series. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also Nova, who is Richard Ryder, who is the one Nova that, like, a lot of fans want back because they love their Dick Ryder. He supposedly uh, is coming back. Marvel put that out. That could be like well, supposedly one of the big things coming out of that um, Avengers standoff at like Pleasant Hill. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, as yeah, he's coming back, he can fly. He has super strength, and Night Thrasher got his powers back by pushing him off a rooftop to see if he could get his powers back that way. But they ended up having their first battle against Terax, who was not really Terax. Where they were joined by Robbie Baldwin, Speedball who was transformed by energy, so he transforms with this kinetic field that lets him bounce off things and bounce things off of him. This is when Speedball was still delightful before he became Penance. And we're going to be talking about Speedball quite a bit in about, um, actually, next week. What are we covering next week, Devin? The Civil War arcs. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so we're going to be talking a lot about Speedball. And then the last member is Namorita, who is a cousin of Namor, and at this time we weren't aware that she is a clone of Namora, who is on... Agents of Atlas. 
one of the best super teams of all time. And she can fly, breathe underwater, and she has super strength. And over the like past few issues, we've seen this mysterious Egyptian woman coming to the pyramids of Egypt to retrieve an artifact. And after she got it, everything turned white in a flash. So we're starting off in New Warriors, Volume 1, Numbers 11 through 13. These were written by Fabian Nicieza, with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Larry Malstead, letters by Joe Rosen, and colors by Andy Yonkis. In a story that is titled both Forever Yesterday and Days of Present Past, which is confusing. Incredibly so. So we start off with Cannonball, who is Sam Guthrie, who's normally a member of the New Mutants, along with Marvel Boy and Firestar in this rubble-filled city when they are suddenly stopped by the Avengers, who are defenders of the United States of Assyria? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And these Avengers are Horus, who's pretty much Egyptian Thor, Spectre, who is another version of Monica Rambeau, who had been like Captain Marvel and a lot of other names, Captain Assyria, who is this universe's version of Captain America, because the USA is not America, and then there's Nova, Storm, and Iron Man. And Nova is our Nova, and he is hesitant to fight the mutants because he really doesn't want to hurt them. Just before Horus is about to kill Cannonball, Wolverine shows up as a distraction so the others can flee. But Wolverine ends up getting blasted by Horus because of reasons, and he is left as a skeleton, which is sort of like tradition for these alternate universe starting tales. Right, Devin? Basically. I mean, like, Days of Future Past, he gets charred into a skeleton the same way. Wolverine doesn't ever make it, and that was also the split off when they did X-Men Forever. That's he, he also gets fried. And then Kitty Pryde gets one of his claws. Good times all around. Basically. Basically, Wolverine needs to keep, like, watching out for, like, laser blasts. And so the Avengers regroup at their mansion where we find out that, oh, everyone except for Nova on the team is black. Which is like, oh, okay, so we're doing sort of the reverse racism setup where white people are the minority. Mm Mm-hmm. Iron Man's helmet at this point in time looks weird, too. It's like a flat-top Egyptian head statue. It is. I mean, like, it's going for the classic look, but the problem is it mostly just looks like Iron Man's helmet kind of melted a little bit. Uh, in a way, but I mean, like, it fits with the design aesthetics of the rest of the world, which I have less of an issue with. And from that part, I, I will give, I will agree with that. Yeah, like, that is one of the neat things about this world. It is because time factored in differently like clothes are different uh buildings look different even the background art is different except for nova yeah well nova gets his costume from space yes well that's true and uh nova is just feeling really weird he's not sure if it's the fact that he is the only white avenger but we like find out more about the world and how it's essentially teetering on the edge especially with the mutant rebellion that is going on. Nova comes home, talks to his parents, and then a mysterious spectral figure in white, Sage, comes promising to tell him the truth of the world. At this point, we cut over to the Mutant Liberation Force, which I was a little disappointed. To me, it should have been Mutant Liberation Front. No, it is a Mutant Liberation Front. No, it's Force. 
I think they are inconsistent with it. Well, maybe they're inconsistent, but when I first read it and I just kept seeing the word force, I'm like, ah, oh, should have gone up front. Sounds mm-hmm. cooler. Well, yeah, though, I mean, you also have the point where, like, the Mutant Liberation Front were the people who use the legacy virus, so... I guess. The three mutants have to deliver the news that Wolverine died, and some of the other people we see on this team are The Beast, Rogue, Sunfire, Forge, Blob, Polaris, Juggernaut, Sebastian Shaw, and a version of Cyclops with horrible hair. I don't know, actually, I'm kind of down with the hair. Well, the mustache is fine. I'm not sure about the ponytail. I feel like the ponytail is fine only because of the mustache. Well, like, his dad is able to pull it off a lot more, but here, like, Scott just seems like a major nerd for having it. In a bad way. Also, my favorite is how they always keep sending Cyclops around to do, like, their little recon missions. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just like, if you're trying to, like, keep a low profile, Cyclops is, like, the last person you should be sending out. Yeah, I will agree with that. My weird red visor. Nothing conspicuous about this. And we find out that what they'd been stealing were some blueprints for the mutant detection field that they need to take down if they want a chance to attack Sphinx. And we then find out about Sphinx with a Bible story. So, Devin, you ready for Bible times? Bible times. So, remember when Moses was like, let my people go? Yes. And then he, like, threw down his staff and it turned into a snake? Yep. And then the other guy, who's, like, the pharaoh wizard, threw down his staff and turned it into a snake? That part, actually, I did not remember, but yes. Yeah. I was just like, did he? I thought he, I thought he just scared the shit out of the pharaoh because he, his thing turned into a snake. Yeah, that that's what I remember. Uh, basically, in this universe, though, the pharaoh's wizard, who is not pharaoh wizard from the upcoming issue two of Heroes International, written by me... Uh, the Pharaoh Wizard's snake ends up killing Moses's snake, and then Moses gets hella murdered. Which, yeah, I guess that's going to change some real. things. In, like, the real story? Come on, Pharaoh, why didn't you just do that? Uh, respect. I guess. Should have done a political assassination that you can pretend you knew nothing about. That's how it should have gone. Or show that you, like, completely, like made it a hands-on thing so people know that you don't fuck around. Or that, too. Really, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways I should have gone. A few years later, a woman ended up finding the Temple of Ka, and inside it she found the Ka Stone, which she gave to the wizard, and he became Sphinx, who got the power to shape reality. But because he wasn't a total asshole, he chose not to, like, completely mess with reality. Which that first picture of Sphinx does not seem to indicate whatsoever. Well, yeah, that's like his supervillain design from the main world. I mean, you think there might have been some difference? Because it's like, oh man, you're going to like enslave humanity right now, that look. Yeah, and now one of the things that really sort of bothered me is they did not give the names of the wizard or his wife in this series. It's just like Sphinx and his wife, or they also refer to her as Sphinx. So the original magician is Anath Namut, and his wife is Mariette Karim. They were just feeling lazy and didn't want to write it. Mm-hmm. For me, the bigger issue I had, which was, you find the this, this Stone of Ka and you give it to the wizard and not to the pharaoh? I don't think so, ma'am. 
Oh, it's like he can use... Possible offense right there. Well, you got a guy who can use magic and then a guy who can't really use magic. I mean, I get it, and when we, like, find out why the universe is the way it is, it makes more sense. Because it's like, well, she loved him. Oh, no, I, well, from there, there yes. But from, mm-hmm. The first time reading through, it was just like, hmm. Yeah, but, uh... I don't know. Yeah. They end up getting married... He makes her immortal, and they end up leading Egypt to become a world power. And so instead of having the eventual creation of the United States of America, you have the creation of the United States of Assyria. And so instead of black people being the slaves, white people are the slaves. But, like, Sphinx eventually got around to getting all people equal rights. Uh, Europe... Does, I don't know, to me that makes sense. I mean... From that standpoint, I would then assume then the Jews were never freed. Yeah. So, like, they would have still had all the Caucasians enslaved. Well... At least they were existing in the end. Egypt. All of the, like, Egypt, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't really be Caucasian slaves. I mean, they'd be, like, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Well, not according to any movie I've ever seen, Luke. (sighs) Gods of Egypt is not... A good, reliable source, Devin. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, that was one of my favorite things where people were saying that it was because of the race bending is why that movie failed. Not true. That movie just looked terrible. Oh, yeah, no, it looked terrible, but, like, the race stuff didn't help either. Oh, it did not, like, whatsoever. But Mm -hmm. it was just like, did you guys, like, not see the same trailer I saw? Because all I saw was a train wreck. So eventually Europa and Slovakia end up having the First World War and Assyria gets involved and like Sphinx is like, okay, yeah, I'm sort of getting tired of living in Egypt now, so that's when he moves over to the United States. During the Second Civil War, it's Assyria and the Anglo-Saxons versus the Pacific Asian Union. They end up developing the nuclear bomb first and drop it on New Memphis City, which is New York City, pretty much. And... Mm -hmm. Sphinx is able to partially save the city, but it's like he's only able to save Manhattan Island. Everything else around it is new. And Which I also like that Steve Rogers is in this too. Yeah. Like We do get a glimpse of the Second World War. Well, and like some of that stuff is really inconsistent because it's like, is Steve Rogers like the secret... Uh, black Captain America from the main universe, except that here it did not mess with his mind. And oh, like, oh man, that one? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, there was a Black Captain America who was like sort of a reference to the Tuskegee experiments. Couple ones from that from the fifties. Yeah, I, I I never read that. The series though is like red, white, and black, or red, black, and what, whatever it is. I will have the exact name of it. I have not read that. That may be interesting to read. No, neither. Yeah, but yeah, because there's there's him. Because then his his son becomes Patriot. His grandson. Or sorry, grandson rather. Mm-hmm. And then there was the other one. There was the white one. It goes crazy. But the war ended with a stalemate because it's like, oh yeah, uh, dropping nuclear bombs is really really shitty. But Sphinx was really just defeated emotionally and physically. So he decided to make his cat immortal so his wife could always have something to remember him by. And then he gave her the costume, which gave her his powers. And then he crumbled up and died 
as a skeleton. What does it say? What a dick move, dude. Yeah, it's like maybe she wants this world here. It's your problem now. (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm gonna totally just abandon you now because I'm dead. Yeah, which again makes a lot of sense considering how the universe was made. Oh yeah. So at this point, new superheroes started to show up, and the current Sphinx, who is the wife, uh, who is Mariat, uh, like she started going unstable, and that's when the world started to sort of crumble apart. And Sage reveals that this world only exists because of her will. After that, we find out that there is a mole working with the mutants, and that mole is Reed Richards, who is white in this universe, for one thing. And he works... he is. Yeah. And he works for the Taylor Foundation, which is the company owned by Night Thrasher's father, Deer Taylor, who is alive in this universe. And also, Reed Richards apparently married Alicia Masters in this universe, I think. No, he marries Sue. No, he mentions he's married to Alicia. Cause oh, we, see, then there's even more inconsistencies right there. Well, because we see a Sue Storm in this universe who is black. And there's yeah, also... see a random person who is Mr. Fantastic who is not Reed Richards. Who is also black. Yeah. Like, there is an interesting mix of what superheroes are black and which ones are white. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm mostly going based off of the panel... Where Taylor confronts Reed, he's just like, "Oh, who are you talking to?" He's just like, uh, "I, um, I, I, I was just talking to Sue." So from that standpoint, I was interpreting it as it's Sue, but yeah, I. Comments. But then again, Mutant Liberation Front and Mutant Liberation Force also inconsistent. So yeah, who's to say? Yeah. Either way, uh, Reed is like, "Yeah, we want to take down Sphinx." And Deer is like, oh, yeah, nope, I'm totally down with that. I've got a kid, too. You've got your kid, Franklin, so let's take down this world. Meanwhile, Firestar, Cannonball, Marvel Boy, Beast, Juggernaut, and Sebastian Shaw are planning their invasion. They found the, like, first barrier generator, and they're able to, like, partially destroy it with the Juggernaut, except that he gets his ass burnt by this thing. Like, this is a superpowered generator that's able to mess with the juggernaut after they like take down the guards that come in they have officially gone into new memphis city which is the base where like non-mutant or where mutants are really not allowed sphinx meanwhile has assembled her avengers who have been alerted to this attack as well though nova is still back finding out about history and Iron Man expresses some doubt that Sphinx is not in full control. Also, I just noticed this, too. Do you know that Storm's face is completely white for, like, one panel? Oh, yeah, no, I tweeted that shit last night. So I did, and I'm just, like, flipping through the issue now. It's just like, oh, that was, that's weird. Yeah, you know, weird mutations. Way to mess up, color person. I just more of a way to miss that one. Yeah. Just like a classic episode of Scooby-Doo meets Batman. Where for a good two seconds, Batman is not wearing pants. <laughs> uh, so Nova ends up getting the call, and he finds out about what normally happens to the wizard who becomes the first Sphinx, which is Moses Speets' magic. He gets cast out, he finds a costume, becomes Sphinx, and then Galactus ends up being a dick and traps him in a time cycle for all of his life. And... Uh, we find out that when he, like, leaves the temple after finding the stone for, for the first time, he finds the woman who 
eventually becomes Marriott, and just by being close to him, she is able to retain her memories through reincarnations. And so for like thousands of years, she was trying to set it up so that she can get him back. She ended up finding the scepter of Ka in modern times when she eventually became an Egyptian woman again. And that let her reform the Ka Stone's powers, which made this timeline on accident. And Nova's really not sure what to do. And then at this point in time, Magneto and Emma Frost are like, we need some more people to help us, guys. Let's go talk to Namor. So they make a cool little bubble, fly down the city, and be like, yo, Namor, everything's about to go down. You want to join? And Namor's like, I am unsure. This is my cousin, Namorita. Also, I am blue in this universe for some reason. Because his mom never, or, like, he's not half human. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're both blue Atlanteans. Yes. Um, and then, like, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll join you. Because we don't want our world to be destroyed. Because it sounds like the Sphinx is about to go crazy and, like, annihilate everyone. Let's kill God, everybody. Woohoo! Uh, meanwhile, Reed brought his family in to meet with the Taylors, so the two of them can help, like, access the military database. Oh, um, shit, you're right, it is Leash Masters. Mm-hmm. Way to go, inconsistent writing there. Maybe he was just talking to his friend Sue, who works in another department. There we go. Here's another universe where Reed does not love Sue. Yep. Unfortunately, soldiers burst in in the meeting, killing everyone except for Dwayne, who escapes to his father's lab. The mutants, meanwhile, run into the Avengers, and it's like this really solid fight. Like, Captain Assyria ends up fighting Sebastian Shaw, who just absorbs the energy from his punches, and... I miss Sebastian Shaw. I want to, they need to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you ever read any of Generation Hope? Because he had a really cool arc that was going on in there. Uh, hadn't he been, like, mind-wiped? Yeah, so he's actually a good person now. Yeah. I like was a member of, of her team, but then that series got canceled and that kind of went away. And no one has seen him since. Good times. Yep. But, yeah, uh, Marvel Boy has no one fighting him until he ends up running into Nova, who had just arrived at the battle. But Nova recognizes Marvel Boy, and he's like, oh yeah, now I should probably help put this world back to normal. So he starts fighting the Avengers, that way Firestar and Marvel Boy can complete their mission. And the two of them destroy the field generator. Nova learns how to do a Nova Blast. Uh, Magneto brings in his army of mutants. And unfortunately, a 200-foot-tall version of Sphinx appears. Thus ends issue two. And so, like, Sphinx is taken down, everyone is coming at her. Like, she throws off the Hulk, which seems like it's not going to be important. And then they make it important later on. We'll, we'll get to that in a few. Uh, Marvel Boy ends up getting trapped under rubble. So Nova... We flashback of Wolverine getting vaporized again. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nova ends up helping Marvel Boy get out of the rubble. And then Sage shows up explaining everything that, like, had gone on so far. Dwayne has meanwhile gone into the Chrysler building, which is, like, just the Chrysler building, which is weird. Oh, no, it was really weird. Altered everything, which I like, except for this, which is weird. Well, I'm quickly Googling now to see if it was, like, designed by, like... No, it was not 
designed by like an Egyptian designer or anything, as far as I can tell. And even just the name. Yeah, that that too. Well, unless there was just like still a Chrysler company in here. Yeah, but I feel like she would not be living in the Chrysler building. That's a cool. She building. probably would it like after her. Like, oh, it's in Sphinx Tower. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. But Dwayne like, has gone. <laughs> yeah, but Dwayne has gone in there and. Uh, he has the Night Thrasher gear that his father designed. He's taken out guards, and he sees the, like, simultaneous stuff that's going on. There's a mutant rebellion in Assyria. Uh, the Pacific Asian Union is attacking the Egyptian fleets. The Atlanteans are attacking the Persian Gulf to stop the oil. And then he sees the Mutant Liberation Front's war against Sphinx. And he also finds Sphinx's immortal cat, so he decides to chase that pussy. Yeah. My favorite is the fact he keeps bragging about how this power armor is like so indestructible and he's like, nothing can hurt me in this. And like, you whack those two guards without them ever touching you once. You have no basis for that comment, sir. Maybe he just knows about armor, Devin. He is Maybe. Night Thrasher. Night Thrasher is amazing. But only just now is he Night Thrasher. He wasn't Night Thrasher before. Mm-hmm. He found this thing in like a little closet somewhere. Yeah, because he has grabbed the cat, this ends up distracting Sphinx, so she teleports away. And that's when the Avengers show up. Uh, Meanwhile, Nova, Marvel Boy, and Firestar are are told they need to figure out what to do. And that's when they see the Chrysler building starting to explode up at the rooftop. Meanwhile, in what is essentially Connecticut, Robbie Baldwin, who is normally Speedball, sees the Hulk come bouncing in because he had been knocked from far away, and he's like, Wow, I wish I had powers and could bounce like that. Speedball didn't get his powers in this universe. Nope. Maybe we can pretend we're fighting with all muties against the Sphinx. That'd be cool. Speedball is delightful. His mom is a soap opera star. And apparently he still wants to challenge authority, even though, like, for, like, no reason. He's a punk rock kid. That's true. And so the new warriors have flown in to help Night Thrasher, and they threaten the cat to make Sphinx give up. And Sage appears, shows her the truth, and Sphinx just blows up the building. But it turns out Sage can't be killed by that method, and Marvel Boy had saved the other new warriors. Nova forces her to return the world to normal in return for the cat, because that that's what she wants. It's the only memory of her love. And she ends up returning the world to normal. But then the cat dissolves in her hands because it wasn't real. And since she has the costume, she flies off threatening revenge against the new warriors. The end. Which we'll see next time in Sphinx Wick. Oh, okay. Like John Wick except with Sphinx. Yep. Instead of the dead dog, it's now the dead cat. The cat who had been immortal from another universe. Yep. It's still enough to set her off, though. Yeah, that brings us to the end of the story. I I think this is, like, a really strong piece. It's, like, one of the weird alternate universe stories where it doesn't make a lot of sense. Otherwise, like, it builds... It adds nothing onto the main storyline, but it's just like a fun distraction. Yeah. Oh, no, I liked it. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's very standalone. You don't even need to know who the uh, new warriors are. Yeah, because I don't know who most of them are. If you do want to know more about the new warriors, there is a really good Adam Warrock EP, the new warriors EP, that you can listen to, as well as the uh, Journey to Misery episode. But you know what we need to do right now, Devin? Trials of the Multiverse. You're learning! Uh, so we get to put on Earth 9105, which is Egyptia. Uh, I really like the story. I think the universe was also like one of the better developed ones that we've got. So like, let's start at the top quarter dividing line. Is it better than Howard the Duck formed as a super team? Yes. Is it better than Storm in Norman? Yes. Is it better than Panda Pool? Um, yes. Is it better than Magic went into the ocean for ten minutes? Yeah, I'll give it to you. Oh, it's better than that. Is it better than Scroll Gladiators? I would even say yes. Is it better than Gwen Ain't Dead? Oh, for the What If issue? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to be able to break the uh, top ten. It. I don't think it's better than Iron Doom Masada. Do you? No. Is it better than Marvel 1602? No. Uh, I I sort of like it more than Marvel 1602 just because it develops itself a lot faster and it seems to have like a better like world around it. But uh, is it better than Space Punisher? No. Better than Agents of Atlas? Nope. Uh, well, uh, better than Galactus Became Human? Nope. Better than Thunderworld? Nope. Better than Hollywood Spider-Man? No. Better than Superman Red Sun? I still like Superman Red Sun a little bit better. Okay, so then is it better than Six-Armed Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, I'll go better than that. Okay, so it will be our new number 18, Earth 9105, Egyptia, uh, right above Super, or right under Superman Red Sun, right above Six-Armed Spider-Man. So, Devin, what are we covering next week? We're going to be covering a bunch of Civil War tie-in issues. Because we've got that Civil War movie coming out. Yep. And Daddy wants that sweet, sweet SEO. Oh, yeah. I might take off work because they're going to be showing all three three Captain America movies and both Avengers films in theaters. Well, that sounds horrible. No, it doesn't. Those are like the best of the Marvels. Uh, First Captain- Avenger, phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Well, Avengers 1, the best. Winter Soldier, phenomenal. Avengers 2, still good, and then Cap 3, supposedly, like, amazing. Cap 3 is the one I'm excited for, so I'll probably just watch that one. And, like, everyone is saying it's really good. Well, uh, yeah, I think that sort of wraps us up for now. Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at FredoFet, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-E-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on... Twitter at at Coltrick, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. You can find Multiverse IQ at MultiverseIQ.com. 
at MultiversalQ on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Uh, Libsyn, if you enjoy the podcast, write a review. If you write us a review, send me an email and let me know, because I have not checked in a while. Drop some new reviews. We do have five ratings on there now. But uh, writing those reviews helps us, and if you do want to support us from doing to allow us to do things like buy a lot of comics and get things for research, uh, check out our Patreon and consider supporting that. Uh, yeah, I think that sort of wraps us up, Devin. Yep. Would you have wanted to live in Egyptia? Well, no. Okay, this one's for Hank. (laughs) I had no idea how to wrap that up. I don't know, do you want to live in Egyptia? I said this one's for Hank. There we go, see? Who wants to live in Egyptia? I want to live in Egyptia. Who wants to live in Egyptia? I want to live in Egyptia.